I got a verse for you, Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 and verse 16 through 23, it says this. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Verse 20. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Hello. Uh, Verse 21. (laughs) Yeah, uh, let that sink in. Verse 21. Uh, The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. Verse 23, last verse. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you can find to come so that the house will be full. So that the house will be full. One more verse. This is our series verse. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22. says this, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. This morning, uh, I want to talk to you from the subject, house party. House party. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for uh, what you're doing already, what you've done this past year, God, as we're coming to the close of this year. Father, we thank you. We see your faithfulness, your hand over our lives this past year, God, and we thank you for what you're going to do uh, today, but also uh, uh, in in the new year coming, Father. So we love you. We bless you. Father, I pray right now that you would just speak to us. God, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, here's, I have a question for you. Have you ever invited someone to something that you were excited about and you were just kind of worried if they were ever going to show up? Yeah, I I remember back in Dallas, I had a band. That's right, I had a band. And woo! Yeah, we did. Yeah, I was going to say something. Never mind. Um, (laughs) We had a band. I had a band and uh, best name ever for the band. Best name ever for the band. The John Peter Band. You're you're welcome. And, uh, and, and, And so, like, it was an amazing band. Like, I loved it. We had a saxophone player, we had a keyboard player, we had an electric guitar player, a bass, a drummer, and then me on my acoustic, just singing. And so, like, so, so we played um, at our Bible college a lot whenever they had, um, like, a Christmas event or they just needed live music. They would call up the best band in town, they, you know, and, and so we would go and play. But we never really played a live, like a real, like a real gig, right? Until one day, uh, this one uh, music venue had reached out and said, hey, can we, can we open for another band? Now, that's a big deal, y'all. And we were excited. And, and this, this music venue, it was, not, um, it was not like on the college campus. This music venue uh, was in this area in Dallas called Deep Ellum. And Deep Ellum was, you know about Deep Ellum? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, this is a spot, right? Like, this Deep Ellum's a spot, and we played at this place called The Door, I think. I don't remember exactly, but we were excited, so we told everybody. 
Like every single person that we knew, we were just telling everyone like, hey, come, come watch this is our first gig ever in, or like a real gig. And so um, I remember uh, being on stage, they had the curtains shut and we had like this really cool opening. We, we, it was going to be like this, da, 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 da. And the drum is going to be like, dad, it was really cool. Uh, way cooler than me doing it with my mouth. And, and, uh, and, and so like we, we were, it was going to like in my mind, while the curtains were closed, they were going to hear this just big thing. And then in my mind, I picture just hearing like my fans. <laughs> Shut up. My fans just going crazy. So, so we're here, we're playing, we're, we're, we're starting off. I'm like, guys, you ready? And then one, two, three, da, 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 ba, da, ba, da, ba, da, 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 and, and the curtain started to peel back and the spotlights are hitting me. And I was like, yeah. I opened my eyes and there was like three people in the audience. <laughs> I'm glad you you like laugh at my misery. And, and I'm looking, I'm playing, and I'm like, yeah. and then one of the three people was my neighbor, and she was like, you know those people, like those friends that you have um, where they're like they're extra hype because they want you to feel good, right? So she's like, she's she's a yay, yay. It was really awkward, you know? She's like, it doesn't matter. Nobody's here. <laughs> You're amazing. And we're like, shut up. <laughs> like, it's just embarrassing. And I remember I'm playing there, and I'm like, man, I just, I just want to quit. Like, I, I, I literally just wanted to put my guitar down and, and walk away. Like, it was... Sorry for making you laugh so hard. Um, I just, I just want to put my guitar down and leave. It was so embarrassing. But we kept playing. We, set, we ended up playing, and people eventually started trickling in. Um, they were not people that we invited. They just came. And, and, uh, and I'll, just, I'll never forget that night, just that feeling of, like, wanting to, like, to just stop because it just didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to work out. And I'll tell you this story because this is exactly what is taking place in the parable that we just looked at this morning in Luke chapter 14. It's a parable of this rich man, and he was throwing a house party. He was throwing a party, a banquet for his friends, his family. He invited the people that we all have that we know if we invite them to something, they're going to show up. And he invited these people, and one by one, he realized that people were not coming. The people that he invited to his party were not coming. But he does something amazing. Rather than sitting at home sulking and crying, he actually tells his servants to go out and find people to come to his party. Now, that is bizarre because, listen, if I was that guy, I would start crying. Right? Like, just, just, and I don't care what you think because it's my party, right? Like, and I'll cry if I want to. Hey, hey, I'll cry if I want to. And you know what? You would cry too 
if it happened to you, right? Like, come on. <laughs> and so like, but he, he's like, he's not crying. He's like, you know what? I don't need these jokers. And he goes out and he finds people. And he brings like, he brings in the people that no one else would like look at. And the servant comes, he's like, hey boss, like I, I got people, but there's still room to be for, for more people. And, and, and the, the owner's like, all right, go get more people. And so the servant goes out and he goes and grabs more people because, because the party, the, the person, the guy that's throwing the party, he's like, hey, we, we're not going to stop until the house, the house is full. And so what we know with parables, there's three things that we always look at when it comes to a parable. Who is God in the parable? Who are we in the parable? And what's the point of this parable. Okay, so we're going to break that down. Uh, the first thing, who is God in this parable? Well, God is the party thrower. He's the guy that's hosting the banquet. And the party, in fact, uh, uh, as, as, as I study this out, the party is, is really a, a, a reference to the kingdom of God. Right, so culturally, uh, this kingdom would have been for the Jewish nation, but we know that because of Jesus, he, he, he broke that away. And so now it's not just for the Jewish nation, but it's for you and I too. And so it's, uh, the, the party is for those that have surrendered their lives to Jesus. Like, it's a part, like that's the kingdom, right? And so, so here is God. God is the guy that's throwing the party. And then, uh, so who are we in this? Well, so contextually, there's two people, there's two groups of people in this party. There's the people who were invited originally, and then there are the people who uh, were invited eventually. And so the people that were invited originally, those would have been people of, um, in context, Jesus, so I'm sorry, let me back up. Jesus, he's, he's actually at a party telling this parable. So Jesus is at a party with a whole bunch of religious uh, Jewish leaders, and, and, and Jesus is telling this parable about this guy. And so contextually, we know that, that the people that, that uh, this guy first invited would have been a reference to the Jewish nation, the Jewish people. And they didn't show up. And uh, so, um, excuse me, excuse me. And so it's the Jewish nation. But when Jesus came, right, so John, uh, John 1 and verse uh, verse 11, that it reads that Jesus' own people rejected him, right? So like it's a foreshadowing when the people, the people that this guy invited, they didn't come. It's really a foreshadowing of what they were doing to Jesus. See, they, uh, the Jewish people, they were expecting uh, a Messiah to come, but they were expecting a good-looking dude to come. They were looking, they were expecting like a tart, tall, dark, handsome person to come. <laughs> they, they, they were expecting this knight in shining armor coming and saving them. But we read in Isaiah 53 that Jesus, he didn't behold any beauty or majesty that we would be uh, attracted to. So this idea that Jesus just looked normal, there was nothing like, wow, about his physical appearance. And so they rejected Jesus, and they're like, hey, this is not the guy we've been waiting for. And so that's, that's the first part, like uh, the, the first group of people, the original people. 
But when they didn't show up, when they rejected Jesus, watch what the, the guy does. He goes and he looks for other people. And the other people, the people that are now invited, those would have been considered contextually in that time period, the Gentiles. So the people that were non-Jewish. So if you, if you were Jewish, you're Jewish. If you're not, that's like the other category. So there's two categories, Jewish and other. Other would be Gentiles. And so, um, so there was like this, this tension during this time period between uh, the Jewish nation and, and others. They didn't like each other. There was this conflict. In fact, in fact, this is crazy. We actually see that, that this was so woven into the culture that Jesus' own disciples thought that they were better because they were of the Jewish heritage than other people. We actually read in Acts chapter 10, Peter, uh, he's one of the disciples of Jesus. He's like, he's super hangry, right? And so he goes up to the rooftop and he's just like, I'm so hungry, I'm going to go to sleep. Have you guys ever done that? You're like, man, I'm so, like when we fast in January, I go to bed like at five because <laughs> I'm, I'm so hungry. And so, so they, they, he goes up to the rooftop, right? And he falls asleep. And while he's asleep, he has this dream. And in this dream, uh, there's this blanket that is brought down from heaven. And in this blanket, there's all kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles. And the Lord tells Peter in his dream, he says, Peter, kill and eat. Sorry about you vegetarians in here. But he said, he said, he said kill and eat. And Peter says this. Peter says this. He says, Lord, I can't do that. I can't eat something that is unclean. And God responds back and he says that, don't you ever call anything I create unclean. And he was talking not just, he wasn't talking about like the animals, but like he was talking about this conflict between Jews, people, and Gentiles. He was trying to get into this woven culture of like, hey, don't, don't call people that I created unclean. They're just like you. They're just like me. And so, so here is, here is uh, the invited guest. We have the people. And, and, and so that's us. That, that's us, okay? So we know who, we, we defined who is God. We defined who we are. Now what's the point of this parable? So I got three things, three points that is applicable to you and I about this parable. And then we're going to jump into our Legacy Sunday. And we're going to worship. And we're going to pray. And we're going to cry together. And it's going to be amazing. I will drink to that. So number one, what's the point? Number one. Number one point is this. You're invited to the party. You're invited to the party. Listen, because of what Jesus did on the cross, like we're all invited to the party. Like Jesus, he was telling this parable of a God, right? Because because it's 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 a it's a it's the 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 guy was a foreshadow of 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 God, the party owner, right? So so Jesus, he's telling this parable of a guy who is for the broken, who is for the hurting who is for the sick, who is for the, the down and out. Like he's, Jesus is telling this story of, of a guy who is not just concerned about who was, who was not there, but he was willing and wanting to go out and to reach people, find people 
who, who were broken and hurting and sick. Listen, this party is for all of us. God is inviting all of us to come. This parable is about a God who desires, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, that all men and women would be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. That is what this parable is about, to let us know, hey, there is a God that is calling us, that is inviting us to, to, to have a relationship with him. You're invited to the party. Number two, not only are you invited to the party, here's the second thing that we learn, the points of this parable, is that I need to bring people to the party. I need to bring people to the party. So in the parable, it's safe to assume that this, that this um, the, par- the guy who's still in the party, it's safe to assume that he was Jewish because that's who he was trying to invite in this, in this parable that Jesus is saying. And so if that's the case, then it's also safe to assume that the servant was not Jewish, but rather would be considered a Gentile. So again, if you are here this morning and you are not Jewish, you would be considered a Gentile. I would be considered a Gentile. And guess who was the one that goes out to find people to bring back to the party? It was you. It was me. Like, we're the one that's going out and bringing people in. So the role of uh, the person bringing people to the party was staffed by someone like you and like me. Acts 1, chapter 8, Jesus says, right before he ascends into heaven, he says, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Friends, listen, the goal... And I can have the band come up. We're, we're going to. Um, but the goal of your faith and my faith, listen to me. The goal of our faith is not to populate a church. Like the goal of your and my faith is not to populate this room. The goal of our faith is to populate heaven through the hope and love the local church brings. So it's not about it's not about seeing each chair filled as much as it is seeing each chair filled. John, you said the same exact thing there. I know. See from the very beginning We always believe that every person is important because every single person has a soul. And every single person that comes through these doors, we have an opportunity to change someone's eternal destination. And so, like, we we don't just stop at this idea that I'm invited to the party. Like, we continue this process because it's an open-ended invitation. This is like the party that I wish I I knew of in high school, in college. The ones where you can bring someone with you. The one where you're like, hey, there's this party going on. Come with me. Like this, this is the party. Like it's an open invitation. 
This is a party that's not just for the perfect people. This is a party for the broken, the hurting, the downcast, the depressed, the marginalized. This is a house where we can bring people. And here's the last thing. So you're invited to the party. I need to bring people to the party. And number three, I can't rest until the house is full. I can't rest until the house is full. Now, for some of you in here, uh, you came at a great time because we now have this amazing facility. Uh, we, we, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful facility. But for, uh, for those of you that are new, what you may not realize is that for six years, we were a portable church. And so for six years, 51 Sundays out of the year, because we've never met the last Sunday of the year. For 51 weeks, we would have people pull a trailer at the community center over here. We'd meet at 7.30 in the morning. We would unload the trailer. We would set pipe and drip. Come on, y'all remember this? <laughs> we would set up pipe and drape all along the walls. Our goal was that people that were there that night before for a wedding ceremony, like when they came the next morning, the only thing that they would know is, is because of the beer smell from, from it. But, but like aesthetically, like it would look completely different. And so we would set up, we would set up curtains and we would set up a stage and we would, we would have a guy that would come and set up all the speakers. Remember that? And, and the microphones and the drum sets. And, and uh, we had people setting up the kids' room. We did that for six years. By the way, if you're here and you were part of that setup, like, I owe you everything. And we were, we were there and we would set up and we would, we would tear down and it was. And then when we found this place, when God opened up this door, man, it was like, whoa. And could I be honest with you? Like it was very easy once we moved here. Like I, it, was, it was in me to just want to like kick back, put my feet up and be like, oh, we made it. Praise God. We did it. High five. You're amazing. And I just, I wanted to just, just sit back and relax. You know, I also think about all the things that like God's done in this church for the past six years all the people that made a decision to follow Christ, all the people water baptized. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen relationships restored. We've seen people healed. And it's very easy to look at like what God has already done. It's very easy to, to look at how we're in this just great spot right now. And it's very easy to just sit back, kick your feet up, and be like, whoo, we're done. We got people here. It's good. We're cool. 
actually like no one sitting next to me. It's cool. But catch what Jesus says in this parable. He says this, verse 22, after the servant had done this, he reported there is still room for more. Verse 23, so the master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Now, here's what's interesting, and then I'm going to be done. Is that the servant, he went out once, he brought people in, and if the servant was smart, remember the servant is you and I, if he was smart, he, he would have just kept his mouth shut and just not tell, them, not tell his boss that there's still more room. Right? Because think about it. The more people he's bringing in, the more work it is for him. The more that families come, it's more work for us. The more, the more people come, more people, more people, more problems. More money, more problems. Hey, moving on. But, but the servant, instead of just being satisfied, despite knowing that, that the more people that would come to this party, the more work he would have to do, Despite him knowing that, he went to his boss and he was like, hey, boss, we still got room for more people. And I'm sitting there when I'm looking at this this week, and I'm like, why did he do that? Why, why did he go and make his life harder? Why did he go and invite more people knowing that it was more work for him? And I feel like the Lord told me this. It was because the servant knew the boss's heart. The servant knew that the boss's heart would be for more people. Friends, can I take this? As we go into 2022, we have so much vision for more. For more people, more finances, more spiritual breakthrough, more addictions being broken, more marriages restored. Like we are committed to being a house of faith, a house of hope, and a house of love to our city and to our county. And we're doing it because that's the Father's heart. The Father's heart is that all men, all women would be saved and come to the knowledge of truth.